Oh my stars, I am so thrilled you're here. My name is Kai Graham and welcome to another episode in my podcast, The Parent and Teen Toolbox, which is designed to equip parents and teenagers with the tools for navigating adolescence. I've been in the trenches of parenting and now I'm on a mission to help parents support their teenagers so that together we can build a mentally healthier and happier generation of young people. Each week you will receive learnings and takeaways that will help you tackle the challenges and the oh shit moments that are often associated with parenting tweens and teens. I have your back and I'm glad you're here. Hello, my loves. I am so excited. We have the most wonderful Nellie Harden, who I know you will love, um, and she's on the show today. Let me just introduce her a little bit. Nellie is a wife, a mum, and a dreamer, and a multipreneur, a multipreneur to businesses that are born from experience and serve others with big purpose. Now, coming from a diverse background, including marine, marine science and behavior and family wellness, she has decided years ago that living a life designed by purpose and for freedom was how she and her husband, along with their four daughters, wanted to live. So today she's a family life coach, helping others build their own extraordinary story, whilst also building an unshakable foundation for their children to launch into their adult lives. She believes that a family filled with, wait for it, creativity, fun, laughter, challenge, adventure, problem solving, hugs, good food and learning can not only change a person's life, but is the best chance at positively changing the world. My word. Let's hope we could all, if we could pack all that into a life, let alone a week, it'd be brilliant, wouldn't it, Nelly? I would just like to say welcome. It's so wonderful to have you here. Oh my goodness. Thank you so much for having me. I am so uh, just touched to be here and speak with your audience. It's it's so cool. Let's just launch straight in because I was looking at your website, Nelly, and it sort of, it, it made me sort of worry a bit and my kids are past the teenage years, but you have something called the 6570 Family Challenge, which, well, I, I was going to start explaining. I'm going to hand over to the master because you'll be <laughs> Explain it a hell of a lot more better. A hell of a lot better. <laughs> Tell us about this challenge and what does six five seven zero mean? Okay, so sixty five seventy. That is six thousand five hundred and seventy days. That is exactly how long that we have typically in the parenthood childhood dynamic, and so from the time they are born until that 18th birthday. And no, we do not kick them out at 18 years old. Um, <laughs> and some, is it maybe. Right? <laughs> some stay longer, some it's shorter. I mean, I left home when I was 17, right? Um, but generally about that amount of time is how much time that we have as their primary influence and their primary impactors in life. And I say that even if you are not present I work with a lot of uh, teens and preteen uh, families, and some of them, and I'll even include myself in here, my dad passed away when I was only one year old, and but my dad has had a huge impact on my life. He wasn't even there, but he okay. had a huge impact on my life. And so during this childhood period, these uh, impacts, I call them um, the inevitable impacts, they're happening 
whether you want to or not as a parent, whether you try to or not as a parent, whether you're even there or not as a parent, you're the fact that you are their parent is impacting them. There's tremendous studies on this, even with um, uh, adopted um, children, right? That the birth parents are impacting. And of course, the adopted parents are too. And that is a role and it gets very complex in there. But my point is that as a parent, this is your highest impact, highest influence time zone during this time. And it's also no pressure parents, right? And I speak, I have four kids of my own who are 12, 14, 14, and 16 right now. So I am right in the thick of it myself and, you know, no pressure, but this is also the 6,570 days where their foundation of their future life is being laid. I mean, you think about it as a parent, as an adult, and you're like any of those knee jerk responses you have, any of those instincts that you have, any of those first responses to something that happens or is said in your head, it goes right back to that time period in your life. And whether that is what you say or do, or whether you're like, oh, I got to adjust that and, and pivot that because it's probably not the best. And you have to put in that work. Uh, but it always, your instincts are always based on the foundation that are built in that 6570. So that is the significance behind that. And then the challenge that I have uh, for families out there is so fun. And I absolutely um, love it for ourselves, for all the people that have been through it. And it's really taking uh, this time and looking at it intentionally day by day, right? If you wake up and like I said, um, uh, you know, many of the people listening might have teens. I have teens. I work with a lot of, um, teen and preteen, um, families, and we have a lot less than that. I really encourage mm-hmm. you to, you know, go over to your computer or what have you and type in how many days has it been since their birth date, right. And subtract that from uh, 6570. And you're going to probably get a yeah. gut check. If you're like most parents, right. You're like, Oh, Oh, you know, uh, one of my daughters, um, just passed her 6,000th day a few months ago. And I was like, oh gosh, we have so much to do, you know, and so much, uh, you know, work in there. And it's not like we have so much work to do. She has to get an A and pre-calculus or what have you. It is that emotional intelligence. It is that interpersonal relationship wisdom. It is that self-awareness. Um, right. It is the respect for self others, time and property. It is, it is confidence, right? It is all those building blocks in order to set them on the absolute best path for their future before they ever leave home. So that's really what it is. But the, uh, the challenge is so fun. We have, um, there's stuff in there with food. I'm a foodie. And I think food is such a fun part of the family experience. We have uh, time that is uh, created and set aside for building those relationships. And if you can build your relationship, you can build your impact and guidance um, that you have in there. And there's fun. Um, there's even learning and reading, um, but in the best ways possible. So in the challenge, I highly encourage, I think every family should do this at least once, if not uh, more than once, maybe once a year um, yeah, yeah. would be so fun. But... I, I should put all the, I'll, I'll put the details and the links in the uh, show notes for people to refer. Perfect. Yeah. But Nelly, sixty-five, seventy. Yeah. It. It. it you know. We. We say it like that. It, it doesn't feel very long. How do parents 
buy into this when they go, hang on a minute. And a bit like yourself, we've, we, you know, we've only got about 570 days left, for goodness sake. I mean, you know, what, what's the point? You know, maybe I, I and because when I, when I sort of read this, I was sort of thinking, well, I'm flipping well lost because I've got a 28 year old and a 27 and a 26 year old. And I sort of thought, well, yeah, go me. And it's how do we flip it without putting the shame and the guilt and the pressure on? Because if people are listening to this, they are clearly, you know, sort of wanting to learn. They're wanting, you know, one hopes the, the very best for their family. So how do we sort of help this move us forward rather than demoralize us and throw in the towel immediately? Flip the coin. There's always two sides to the coin, right? And two ways to look at this. So yes, you can definitely have one side of the coin that says, I have already, you know, which you haven't, but you could tell this in your, your, uh, in your head, right? Those terrible first drafts of stories that we tell ourselves in our head, (laughs) I've quote unquote wasted 6,000 and, you know, a hundred days or what have you. So there's no point in me doing anything now or flip the coin and say, wow, I have a gift right now that is in front of me that says I have this 500 and whatever days left. I have a hundred days left, whatever that is. I have this much time left. Use it. Let's see what we can do in order for me to help them and set them up for their future. We can talk together. I can see really what's happening uh, with them. We can sit down and create time together. They can know that someone's on their side. They can know that I am here and I am here for them and with them. And I want to have trust, right? Mm -hmm. And I want to have truth between us. And I want to set them up for that confidence, respect, and wisdom. And there's certain things that we're going to have to do in the meantime to do that. And just think about it. Anyone, I mean, most of most people, many people have lost someone in their lives, right? Someone has passed on. And if they came back and if, if they came back and said, we have 100 days together, I mean, what a gift that would be, right? Yeah, yeah. And so you just need to flip the coin. And so often, so many of our things in our life, we just need to flip the coin. Okay, I'm seeing this side. Let's flip it over. What is the other side of this? Right. Yeah. And so for any parents listening and they're like, well, you know, I know many parents that their kids are 12 and they're like, well, you know, whatever kids are kids these days, and this is what they're doing. And so I'm just going to let the world raise them. Right. And that's one of the most dangerous things you could ever do for yourself, for your family, but definitely for your child. So let's say we're a couple of thousand sort of, you know, days sort of down the track. And because I, when you, when you, if you're starting off with your, your, with your full sort of six, 65, 70 quota, that's cool because it, you have, you are able to build that ethos and that, that sort of, you know, that way of working as a family and, 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 you know, kids are bought into that sort of idea and they, 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 you know, they run with it. What happens when you're a few thousand sort of days down the road and suddenly it's, Bing, I've had this light bulb moment. I'm going to do all this differently. How the heck can you bring a teenager on board who has, you know, to all intents and purposes, you know, sort of been doing things in a very different way, maybe feeling very independent. And now mom or dad are suddenly going, oh, we're going to do things differently. It's going to be like Mary Poppins in this house from now on. <laughs> now, how, how do we encourage kids 
no, if you buy into this, love, you're really going to benefit because it, it could sound like I need to shape you into becoming a sort of well-rounded adult if we're not careful, surely. Right. And I think reality is in there. So really being sure that they know and that you know, we are not turning this into Mary Poppins world. And I say that with the dearest love for Mary Poppins. Yeah. Um, but being real and being vulnerable with them. We, if you're an adult, you have also been a teenager, right? We all know that it is not easy. We all know that you go through a bunch of crap along the way and that your identity is tested, that your perspective is tested. And so if you have this, this dynamic where one of your kids or more of your kids have been kind of living independently, but under the same roof for a while, have a family meeting and just be real with them and speak in a way that they're going to understand. Stop the power struggles because that's usually what's happening in this. Like, why are you, how are you doing? Fine. Great. Let's talk about this, right? The power struggles have got to stop and just be real with them. Sit down eye to eye, right? You're not towering over them eye to eye. Be like, I get it. I've been there. Some parts of this really suck. And I want to really help you in order to guide you through this. And I can't unless you're telling me what's going on. And so I can tell you what's going on too. And being, having it be more of a back and forth. I look at as at a family, as a team, parents are the, are the team leaders, but we are all working together as a team. So if you can start being more vulnerable as a parent, you can then have them mirror that to you. And what I mean by that is coming home at the end of the day, or maybe you're sitting around at dinner Uh, maybe you don't even eat dinner as a family and you're sitting around the house somewhere or you go into their room and be like, gosh, I had a really hard day as a parent. You know, I had a really hard day today. I'm kind of struggling, you know, here with uh, someone at work. I don't know. Do you ever experience anything like that? Because it's really driving me crazy. Right. And or uh, maybe you're having trouble with one of your adult siblings or one of your parents. Right. Being vulnerable is one of the easiest Yeah. Most simple. I'm not going to say it's easy. Being vulnerable is never easy. It's one of the most simple ways to open the door, especially with your preteen or teen. So they get it. The other day I was telling a story and, um, my husband, I I remember he's like, Oh my goodness, Nellie, why are you telling them that? And my daughter said, it makes her a lot more relatable dad. And so being relatable and having them understand that you are a human too. You're not just this parent on some Mount Olympus that is looking down on them and scolding them for every little thing and trying to have power over them, right? We're trying to empower them, not have power over them. And even though that's our intention as parents, sometimes it doesn't always come across that way. And so we have to be very, very clear in that. And casting vision, having vulnerability, disciplining them in a way that actually grows their self-discipline, not just the power struggle, and then um, building that resilience within them. And I think that's the thing, isn't it, is the fact that if we're not careful, it does turn into a power struggle. And in order to maintain control, in air quotes, um, I think the thing is, is the parents can sort of often feel if I am not in control, if I do not sort of, if I'm not winning these battles, if I'm not the boss, then how can I keep a hold on my family? How can I get my kids to do what I want them to do? And I think that's the thing is when we sort of relinquish that power and that control, it, it leaves us wide open 
for our kids to sort of monopolize on that, doesn't it? Yeah, I really look at it, and this might might help too. I look at it as this: um, they're they're taking off on their own journey, and at the end, they're going, and we need to help set them up for that, right? But in especially in these preteen and teen years, so when they're in early, you know, uh, so nine and below, um, mm-hmm. you're really building for them, right? Yeah. And you have much more control over their day to day, what they're doing, who they're seeing, what they're saying, all the things. But then once they get into, you know, their, their middle and high school years, uh, they start having a life independent of you. Right. Yeah. And it just grows and grows and grows. And it's, it's the, um, you know, uh, the path is diverging. And so at that point, there is this rope that I really see. And I just say that it's, 6,570 feet long. And so we're already holding or there, I'm sorry, they're already holding a lot of it right by that time, because we're already a few thousand in, but then they start going, right. They start going out and some days, you know, they're on their boat and, and you're tethered to them. And some days you need to let out a lot more and just really, really trust. And some days you're going to have to pull some in because there's some correcting or some uh, growth that needs to happen and you're pulling them back in and then you're letting them back out again. And it's this dance that happens in these last about seven, eight years that they're in the yeah. home and really helping them, you know, they're going to fall and they need to feel what it's like to fall. You know, it's, it's, it's like driver said, they need to understand all of the rules of the road. They need to experience things before they're let off to be able to be drivers on their own. Right. And so it's, it's difficult and it's hard to let them uh, experience failure, right? But they have to, because if they don't experience failure early on, they're going to be devastated and shut down with failure later on. It's going to lead to perfectionism, yeah. huge amounts of comparison, right? They never fail. I always fail is how they're yeah. going to feel. And it's going to shut down all of their future um, ambitions and goals. And that's devastating. And I think that's the great thing. I mean, I always sort of say there's no such thing as failure. It's only feedback. And I think I think um, when we are there, I mean, it is it is the instinct to try and sort of pick up the pieces and make sure that they don't sort of fail and make all these mistakes. But actually, the benefit is, is when we are there to support them and guide them in how to fix what's gone wrong, because otherwise, as you say, um, it'll just, you know, I think. The higher you go without failing or without without sort of making mistakes, the further you fall, don't you? Yes, absolutely. And I was just um, doing some research the other day, and you know, we've all um, or many of us have heard the term of helicopter parents, right? And yeah. and the hovering parent that is all around being do this, don't do that, do this, don't do that. Well, even going beyond that now, there is something called a lawnmower parent. And what that parent is, is they go ahead of the child and they clear all of the obstacles out of the way. You will not have a single obstacle. Um, You know, a lot of uh, the article I was reading and why this was talking about it was about college uh, or university admissions, right? Because the parents are like, I will do it for you. Oh, um, you know, some, some parents even write the papers for them or, you know, they write or or they they give them the topic and you do, go do this, but I'll take care of this, right? Yeah. And so these lawnmower parents are coming in with good hearts and good intentions, 
but also devastating results for the child. And we have to be able to let them go and bring them in and play in this dance of trust and truth for especially these last, you know, eight years or so of the 6570 while they're gaining that independence so that at the end of it, they can be independent. That's it. It's giving them the independence under uh, under sort of our roof at the time, isn't it? And, and yeah. allowing them to sort of kick the tires and see how it all sort of pans out, knowing that they have that, I, I guess, the safety blanket of us there if they do need it. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. I- you, you you mentioned on your um, website. You, I think you've got your sort of mission statement there, and 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 um, you sort of mentioned that you were your program and your sort of ethos is helping parents to um, build the essential elements of self disciplined leadership. Mm-hmm. Now, tell me about that because um, you know when you, as soon as we hear the word leadership or leadership or leader. Um, a lot of sort of, especially if you're sort of any self-respecting sort of teenagers, oh, for flip's sake, you're going to, well, you wanted me to be a captain of industry, right? You wanted me to, so, so to, <laughs> t- tell me about self-disciplined leadership. What's all that about, Nelly? Yes. And that is, um, to, to your point right there, when you bring up leadership, because there's a lot of teen leadership academies and all of yeah. this, and it is to build in business. And that is not what leadership needs to mean. It can mean that, but it also means being able to learn how to lead a family, lead a not-for-profit, lead in your own life, lead your own decisions, right? And so with self-disciplined leadership, the whole goal is to get them to a point that as an adult, they can see an obstacle, no matter what that obstacle is, right? They can formulate a plan to overcome or get through the obstacle, actually have the aptitude and the discipline to act on that plan and come to a result on the other side, whether that is like a huge accomplishment, whether it is, I got up out of bed and I made my bed today. No matter what it is, we want them to have that self, right? It's ignited from within it does not need to be told to them, right? And the the uh, I work with a discipline spectrum with all of my um, clients. And when children are born, and during that first you know nine years or so, we're really working in a parent disciplined um, area, right? Your parents yeah. tell you what to do, and you do it, and then they can celebrate with you. And then you work to this like self disciplined ish uh, you know stage in the middle where They're telling you, and you actually sometimes do it, right? Without having to be reminded again. But by the end, within those, you know, last years, you really want to help them become self-disciplined leaders of themselves. So they can go out there. And if someone comes up to them on the university campus and, you know, encourages them to do something that they don't necessarily think is right or think is good for them, they have the ability to say no. And they can go do something else, right? And uh, when they want to, you know, sleep in instead of going to class uh, that day or whatever, they will be able to, you know, I really want to sleep in. I stayed up way too late last night, but you know what? If I don't go to class today, uh, then this is going to be a downward spiral, right? So getting up, having that self-disciplined leadership to do things with their families, 
uh, with finances, right? All of these things, we want them to be able to see an obstacle, be able to create a plan, be able to follow through with a plan and come to an accomplishment on the other side. I mean, that's really what we need of adults today. And unfortunately, many, many, many adults cannot do that today. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So many of them are leaving home still in the parent discipline phase. So how do we move from that? How do we move from the parent discipline phase? How do we get um, a belligerent teenager who, you know, is is holed up in their room that it would rather just go for the easy path and might have a bit of anxiety, doesn't really want to leave, you know, so, and, and how do we get them to realize that actually by motivating yourself because I mean we all know I mean I know what motivation is like whether or not you're talking about doing your work or sort of you know getting on on the exercise bike I mean it's sometimes when the chips are down it can be so much easier going for the soft options so how do we instill that in our kids well that's where vision comes from right and so when we are uh having excuse me when we are having uh, a behavior or a thought right And then we're like, okay, well, where can this go? Where does this go? If I don't get up today and there's going to be some days that you don't get up and get on the the bike or whatever, right? Let's just use exercises as as an example. There's going to be some days you don't, and that's okay. Right. But then you're like three days in four days in two weeks in, you're like, okay, where is this going? Right. And you have to have the vision to be able to see that and understand that and adjust your sales accordingly now so that you can get to where you want to go. And in, you know, in the mindset cycle, which is something I talk about with my kids a lot, our head is just a bunch of thoughts going in, coming from any which direction that are dropping in from all over the place. And then there's actually a filter between your thoughts and your feelings. And a lot of people don't think that there is one there, but there is, you have to decide what you are going to spend time and energy thinking about. So there's a filter there. There's another filter between your feelings and decisions and another one between decisions and your behavior that comes out. And once it's out, you have no control over it anymore. It just is what it is. Okay. Um, And the results happen, but then that's a feedback loop because whatever results happen then also become more thoughts. And this is where you can either spiral in a positive direction, right? Spiral up, or you can spiral down real easily. Yeah. Those three filters right there are very interesting to talk about with families, with adults, with kids and finding out what they are. And once you get those, it is so it's like light bulbs go off and you're like, that's why we're doing this. Right. Yeah. Um, A great example is uh, I got one back. This is um, an exercise that I do with a lot of people. I got one back from uh, a teenage kiddo and their first filter was, is it good? Okay. So good is totally based on opinion. It's totally based (laughs) on the fluctuation of minute by minute. Right. Yeah. And it was very interesting because the first one was good. And the second one was, is this appropriate for the people around me? So that one is very, very dangerous because that means you're playing for the crowd. You are never actually grounded in who you are. You're a chameleon and one person around somebody, another person around somebody, another person around somebody that gets so exhausting. 
And then you don't feel like you can actually be yourself. By the way, who is myself? And that's a quick downward spiral. And so having, discussing these, you know, filters and really getting into the weeds of this is so imperative. And, And you can do this with, you know, vulnerability, honesty, truth, right? And just coming at, go knocking on that door of that elusive teen, right? And being like, hey, I just really wanted, um, you know, to talk to you about something. We really want to, uh, we want to help you understand how much you are loved and cared for. But even more than that, we want to make sure that you are set up for your future that I know that you are capable of, which is going to be amazing no matter what you do. I don't know. Are you going to be a drummer in a rock band or are you going to run a company or are you going to be, you know, the best dad ever? I don't know what you're going to do, but I want to make sure that you're set up for that. Right. And it's not going to be like, oh, okay, let me get off my gaming device and (laughs) come and sit in the living room. Right. It's not going to be that way. This takes some time, which is why I really work, uh, you know, especially in these preteen teen years of, you know, this, this seven, eight years when you have cast them off. Um, and you're, you still have that rope, right? Yeah. Kind of like the umbilical cord, right. <laughs> um, and it's not fully severed yet, but it will be later on. And so you need to be able to play with this time and really massage it and help them become strong in this time. Right. Yeah. And so that's really, uh, what I would suggest just coming in, being very honest, being very vulnerable and telling them what you want. And every family is different. One of the issues that I ran into when I started doing work for my own family decade plus ago was I was meeting these coaches and these people and they were, it was like one size fits all. Here's the box. Like I, I'm not joking. I went to one seminar on a Monday night and it was like, everybody should spank. And this is how you should spank. And this is how you should do this. And then I went to one on Tuesday night and they were like, nobody should ever spank and you should never do this. And this is how you need to discipline. I was like, for the love, you know? And I'm like, okay. So when I developed my program and I developed the way to be able to get your kid to a place that they could launch their life from strong, Yeah, it was very important for me to realize every family is different, has their own fingerprint, their own identity as a family and the people within the family all are very different. I have four kids. I call them the four corners of a square because they're all very different. And so being able to incorporate that and understand what what you want, right? What do you want as a family by the end of this? Let's let's uh, you know get you um, the plan and this a customized plan to get there because it is so important to be able to at the end of this you know say I did everything I could I'm so excited and they are going to go and rule the world in whatever way they do which yeah because uh, I I'm so the 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 mindset cycle is something that is is fascinating to me so and the, you're quite right because i think the thing is is there's no one one size fits all is there mm-hmm. because when you're talking about the filters correct me it's the filters between the thoughts and the feelings and then between the feelings and the actions and uh, then the feelings act- and decisions oh decisions yep. okay and then because once you make a decision there's still a lull period there before there's actually a behavior that comes out of that decision right. So, so it's, yeah, so it's the decisions and then the behavior or the, so, right, okay. Because for each person, be it, be it child, adult or whatever, I guess the filters are, is 
their own sort of thought processes, isn't it? Exactly. Or aren't they or whatever. So it's, it's trying to help each child. And this is one thing I've learned from my kids who are, I mean, I, I have two, um, and they are poles apart. Yeah. And so, you know, once once you think you have it sussed with one child, the other one comes along and it's totally it's a totally different ballgame, isn't it? <laughs> totally. Yes. And it's OK if they all have, in, in fact, it's great if they all have different filters because you're trying to help that kid. Right. You're not you're not blanketing your children to be the same. You can't discipline your kids the same. Right. Yeah. They're, they have different personalities. You can't talk to them, you know, the same about everything, but you can still come together as a team. It's just like any other team. You have a sports team and, and these, everybody is different in an individual, but we all play a part and yeah. we all, we all uh, have the same end goal. And if you can get a family together, the elusive teens, the tiny, you know, maybe a tiny one, if there's one in there, but the parents if you can get everyone to focus on the same goal at the end of this, okay, so much more can come together. Yeah. And that being what a, co- a co- cohesive family unit, I guess, is it or is right? Well, the end goal, uh, it's always um, going to be I well, I've yet to meet a parent that says, I don't want my kid to have respect for themselves and others, be yeah, confident yeah. and have you know wisdom before they leave yeah. home. But yeah. in addition to those three, there's usually some other things that parents want to take with them, uh, have their child take with them. I've gotten things like, uh, so a really heavy work ethic, you know, I've gotten yeah. um, faith, uh, you know, I've had uh, many people um, say, and then uh, maybe there is, um, if they have something specific that they're working on, maybe their child is in some sort of performance art or something like that. So they have something specific to that. Okay. But working with that, uh, those parents that then can go work with the family, right, yeah. together and get everyone on the same page. Yeah. It's just like, uh, just, you know, think about a sports team when they have the you know, the end game, the nationals at the end, everyone wants to get there. Right. And it's going to be a road and we're all going to have to work hard and it's going to be some trials, but we're all going to get there together. That's kind of the same mentality that we're talking exactly. about. And, and I guess it doesn't matter if you're four corners of the square or whatever you are, as long as you're all pulling in the right, in the same direction. Exactly. It rather than sort of dissipating and, and, and sort of pulling everyone apart, you're, you're all sort of heading towards the sort of the, the same end goal, aren't you? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. You do say, um, cause I, I was going through your website. You sort of said that you want, um, you, the, the sort of part of your, um, sort of teachings and, and the work that you do with sort of families is to teach them the one thing, the one tipping point, I think you talk about, I think you sort of said that pushes the first domino. So that, yes. that got the real visualization for me because then once the first domino falls then the rest just sort of goes sort of in line, doesn't it? So yeah. what is that? What, what's that one thing? Or is it one thing is different for every family, but what, what, what is it and how do we find it? Because once we get that, surely it's going to be success all the way. She says, hopefully, (laughs) no, that one thing is that self-discipline leadership, because think about it. I mean, you from if you can keep practicing and practicing and practicing this with your family, with your kid and then having your kid practice it too. anything from a disastrous, you know, dirty room, right? Yeah, they they can walk in. Wouldn't it be great to, you know, see your kid cleaning their own room and being like, yeah, my room was, you know, kind of crazy. So 
I wanted to clean it today. And you're like, awesome. Praise like big parent win right there. Right. Two, you know, something as, you know, mundane or not, you know, life crazy as that to maybe their friend uh, at school is having some major family issues and they step in and they're just empathetic toward them, that friend. And they're like, oh, how can I best help this person right now? I can be their friend. I can be empathetic toward them and help walk through this with them. Right. Yeah. So something as, as big as that. So once you get that domino, that domino to push, then you know that they are set for life and that the self-discipline leadership, that is what that is. You have the vision to see what the issue is. You have the discipline to walk through the action in order to get to the other side, right? You have the vulnerability to sit in it because we're all going to stumble along the way. You might need help. Sometimes you might just need to be able to vent sometimes, whatever that looks like. And then you have the resilience to, to get back up or stay up, right? Resilience doesn't mean I never fall down. It just means I get back up. Yeah. And, and deal with things sort of deal with sort of um, failure and feedback slightly differently so that I presume that you're, you're looking for the different results next time around. Absolutely. Yeah. If you need different results, sometimes the accomplishment on the other side of that bridge is fantastic. And you're like, nope, that's the result I was looking for, right? That's fresh. (laughs) Yeah. But how how do we do this? Um, You know, we're the parents, we are sort of helping, we're we're the sort of the architects to the foundations that our kids are are, are developing. And and that's, I mean, you know, I think most people will acknowledge that we do have a massive impact. But how do we do this without applying pressure, without putting our kids under that pressure of perfectionism, or I'm not as good as my sibling, or, you know, I'm not getting, you know, what I should be doing and my classmates are doing better than me. It, I guess it's, you, you touched on it before, perfectionism and um, comparison, because, well, they say comparison is the thief of joy, but how do we keep our kids moving forward I say it in air quotes in a productive way but without having that pressure of permanently having to perform and and meet someone else's expectations right and that's where it really comes down to helping them understand that they're on their own path you're not on joey's path you're not on rebecca's path or wherever you are on your path and bringing other people's examples in uh, depending on what they're um, what they're interested in. So if you have a kid that's, I don't know, interested in Marvel and all of their stuff, right? There is not a single superhero out there that does not have a weakness, right? So everybody cannot be great at everything. There is always going to be something that you're not. I mean, you look at um, some of the most brilliant people in the world. Let's just take Einstein because I am stud- uh, I homeschool my kids and we're doing the history of science this year. So um, he's coming up anyway. So let's look at Einstein. You know what? I don't know if Einstein could change a diaper for the life of him. I don't know if Einstein could have in, you know, a conversation uh, with a person about actual personal things, you know, yeah. because his mind was going off on physics all the time. Yeah. Right. And so everybody has their own path, but if we stay uh, devoted and disciplined in order to just become more confident, become more wise, right? And wisdom is broken down into, sure, there's academic wisdom, right? Yeah. 
which unfortunately there's a lot of, um, uh, building around for parents like, oh, if my kid graduated school with great grades, then that equals, I have a great rounded kid. Okay. And that's not the case usually, but wisdom is also practical wisdom. Okay. Can you, can your, uh, kiddo, you know, do a load of laundry can, you know, do they know how to mow the grass or do they know how to have a conversation with someone, uh, that they just meet at the store or what have you. Um, so there's practical wisdom. There is also self-wisdom, that emotional intelligence, which is huge understanding yourself. Right. And then there's interpersonal as well. And knowing how to, uh, connect with another person. And that goes on into their relationships, possible future marriages, possible, you know, relationships with their kids. So all of those parts of wisdom are so important in there. Oh, my word. Thank you. It, I think the thing is, is that this is it's we're, we're in such a sort of web of um, do's and don'ts and shoulds and must haves and whatever. Yes. I, I think with parents, it's, um, you know, we, we do have, um, I know there's so much mum guilt out there and sort of, you know, what what do I need to achieve? And I think oftentimes we just need to take the foot off the pedal and to actually be kind to ourselves and to know that we're doing the very best that we can. So that actually that probably takes the pressure off for the kids as well, doesn't it? So, so, so much. We just know that, you know, I think um, it was it Maya Angelou sort of said, you know, you, you, you do the best you can and when you know better, you'll do better. Yeah. And I think whether or not we've got, I don't know, 6,000 days or 600 <laughs> days. I think the thing is, is just to keep moving forward, isn't it? And doing the very best we can. That's exactly right. And yeah, don't give up. You are given this gift of this time and just use it wisely, right? We don't want to spend our time. We want to use our time that we are given. And this is such an important window during this 6570. And it doesn't mean that you are diligent doing checklists and they're, they're being militant during this time. It means have a dance party in your kitchen. It means go laugh. It means sit down on their bed and connect with them about the game that they're playing or, uh, the drama that's happening at school and tell a story about your own life. I've been like, Oh, I remember when I was in 10th grade and there was this girl, she drove me crazy. Right. And just connect with them. And that's what you really want to do here. And through that story, you can show resolve as to as to what they can do right now. Yeah. And help them realize that they are not on their own. And actually, a lot of the stuff that they're going through, someone else has been through it already. Oh, yes. Yes, absolutely. Nelly, my love, thank you. This has been an absolute joy. I'm all for flipping the coin. Um, and I, I think, and, and, and dare I say it, my six, 65, 70s have run out, but um, we still have loads more, don't we? And, and I think oh, yeah. even, even at 28 and 26, they still sort of, well, whether or not they ask for my advice, whether or not they get it, I don't know. But, <laughs> <laughs> but I think we, we still need to sort of feed off one another. And I think this has been wonderful. I, your, your mindset cycle um, explanation was fantastic for us. So I thank you so much. And um, I shall put the stuff in the show notes, your your links um, and information in the show notes so people can get hold of you. Wonderful. Thank you so much for having me. And thank you for all the listeners, because if you're here, you're growing and that's what matters. Thank you so much, Nelly. (laughs) Chat soon.
thanks so much for listening to this entire podcast. If you want to help other parents looking for support, then please share this with your friends and family. Because if you found this podcast useful, then they will too. So please share via your social media. If you have any parenting questions, then please give me a shout through my email, which is toolbox at kygraham.com. And I may even use your question as a future podcast episode. If you want to connect, please come and join me on Instagram. Just search for Kai Graham. Also, could you do me a favour, please? Parenting teenagers can feel very confusing and isolating at times. And I believe that it takes a village to raise a child. And we are here to support one another. I'd love it if you would leave a review on iTunes. And a good one, by the way. (laughs) Because when you do, it lets more parents out there know that there is support for them too. Thank you. And as always, this comes with much love.